0: Ladies and gentlemen, oh boy. welcome to another dark episode of Inspiration Point. I am your host Count Strad Vansonovich. Oh Jesus! No, I I just kidding. It's me, guys. Oh oh, Andrew. I was
1: worried. Oh man, and I'm Adam. Oh, I know. Man, I don't like that guy. I know. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we had a. <laughs> We had a rough whole session last night.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know that I would agree with that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure You said. had a great
1: time. <laughs> I have. It was. I have no doubt.
0: Whew. uh I've never gotten to play, to really play an honest to God big bad. And I got to play Strahd
1: last night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And oh, that's a, that's a milestone. I think that's a that's a big moment for people that that participate in this hobby. I think um, yeah. to either to either face him or uh, be bitten by him <clears throat> or uh, which or which to is to
0: say, <laughs> which is to say you done got bit.
1: I done got bit. So that's uh, a feather in my cap, you might say.
0: But. Not before your wife got
1: bit. Oh, I know. I know. And I had to like... Right in front s- of you. I had you. to stand there and smile about it. <laughs> like, this is nice. <laughs> Isn't this nice? Sorry. This is just great. Who <laughs> I- needs wisdom as a saving throw? Y- well, all of you. <sighs> all of you needed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, oh. it was definitely an, an intense session. Uh, and uh, And well done on all that. Thank you yeah. I
0: and much 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 credit to you and our three other players. You guys all came to play, and uh even even though you got the whammy put on you, like you guys rolled with it the whole time, and you did extremely well yeah, like you, I you gotta
1: have buy-in i mean from from dms and players. You know, not just Mm -hmm. in that setting, but in all settings, you know, the more buy-in everyone can have, because like what really sucks when you're, when your PCs are in trouble and they start trying to lawyer everything and, and they try to argue for, and like, they're not just like going with the spirit or the intention, you know, it totally breaks the moment. It does. And and it it totally goes off the rails, you know, or I get private messages, you know, arguing about things, you know? I just don't want that. You know, that's, I'm not a fan. So please just, you know, it's not a big deal. Go with the flow. You might enjoy yourself. And, and, you know, having been in the DM seat a lot, I know I'm not out there to just ruin your day or or kill your characters. You know, I I do want to. Not just. I do want it to eventually. Well, I mean, we joke around about that a lot, (laughs) right? We talked about, well, I sure love to give my players trauma. You know, they say that and oh sure. and there's definitely something to it do. but that's not like the end goal right oh we're, we're, we're just trying it isn't to, well not for me it's not you know it, ultimately my goal is to make people very happy and to oh, really be on that cloud nine
0: i discovered a, a new end goal for myself last night <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, y- it's all know, it, the secret ingredient is love. Is love blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no,
1: oh, wow. This kidding. new cynical, <laughs> Andrew, uh, you give this guy a little bit of power and see what I happens. The, the it- power corrupts. Strahd power corrupts. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And very true. Uh, very true. Um, That was, you know what?
0: It was something else though and I I was really glad that I got to experience that with you guys. Yeah. And you it was it was it was dark, it was heavy, it was you're right, it was very intense. Um and also the the session was it's it had a kind of a wonky start cuz we had some technical difficulties and stuff and um you know, I it just kind of there were a few things that kind of just threw me off a little bit. Um, and it was, it felt weird because the earlier sessions in the, in the campaign have to me, at least have felt really solid. And like, like what, what do you do when you feel like you're just
1: like off balance? Um,
0: when you've got to run
1: yeah i if i feel that usually comes because of a a weird energy in the party if i can tell Mm. that the party is not feeling just like not feeling each other mainly or they Mm. are upset about a decision i made or something like that which doesn't happen too often but sometimes i do get player discord
0: And well, and when, when you run for long enough, I feel like, but uh, I feel like running into that kind of situation is more a question of when not
1: if. Well, right. But at the same time, like, I don't know in, in other situations, like for any other reasons, no, I don't really feel lost ever. Um, Mm. and I think, I think that just comes from having that instinct and knowing how to like, just pull something random out like you know like when in doubt orcs attack right like okay the Hmm. players aren't talking i've never
0: heard that i like yeah
1: you know uh, this is this is something where it's like you know what the random encounter don't don't turn your nose up at it you know like and it Hmm. it doesn't mean you have to travel and roll a d100 i can just decide that a pack of wolves shows up you know and now let's let's like chew on this for a while. Let's have a little uh, palate cleanser, you might say, hmm. and, okay and reset. And that could be a good way to do it. Or hey, lost child, help her out, you know. Or mm. um, there's a there's a deer in the wilderness, and it catches your eye. You know, something like y- y- you jingle the kiggies in front of the kids, and mm. and you just kind of reset the tone. And I think that that's the best way to do it. And I don't know when you when you've been running a lot it's it's you know i think it becomes an instinct like you have a bag of tricks and you just reach in and throw it at people and they go oh wow that's fun that's shiny so yeah so that's what i would that's, probably recommend that's a, that's a that's a good tip i appreciate you that. know you, and you ran short on time yesterday and yeah and what i would recommend in, in that case um which by the way almost never happens to me i have the opposite problem where i <laughs> i I prep way too much and we don't get to half of it and then i get irritated but um (laughs) you know if you do find yourself in that moment where you're like i don't know what to do um Mm. you know have that random encounter table ready to go uh they can Mm. they can just fight a bear you know (laughs) like anything you know it doesn't Mm. doesn't matter you know just okay get them to play get them to do something Fair enough. So that's just my. I, two I think that's my advice.
0: in In my head, I my brain is always in this place of like, I want to make sure that what I'm giving you guys is like as excellent as possible. So I always uh, my my brain wants to stay away from throwing random encounters because I because I don't want to feel like I'm being lazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I know that isn't what it actually is, but you know, I want, I want you guys to feel like it's a, you know, like a tailored experience and all this stuff. And, um, but you're, you're totally right. It, at the end of the day, it's a tool that's in our GM's bag of tricks Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't be afraid of using it. And that's, that's a bit of uh that's a bit of inspiration and advice that i am gonna take to heart and i will try to remember that for the future yeah i would i would uh, highly
1: recommend checking out uh, Sly flourishes the lazy dungeon lazy g m uh, the lazy yeah, yeah g m or whatever it is and uh i no i think you're right lazy dungeon master i, I, think I listened to it. the audiobook version it's not very long and uh about half, like half of it or so is just q and a with uh, various mm. uh, dungeon masters, just and like the prevailing theme was: Did you feel like your players had more fun when you were like the most prepared? And they were like, not always. A lot of times, it was the thing yeah. that I winged, and um. But I also know that you know you and I think differently, and it what and for <laughs> me, sometimes I have to get out of my own way, whereas I know mm. you definitely thrive on some script. But at the same time, like when you did goblins, like, I mean, I don't think you were breaking your brain to do that one, you know? And uh, I I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself and, and that is the thing that I think gets you into, into funk and, and not just you, but like anybody, you, you can get, you know, this sort of performance anxiety and, you know, feel like you're, you're being judged by your players who are, you know, if you're playing with a good group, I, they're all sitting there rooting for you. Really, they want they came to right. have a good and, time. And I
0: know you guys aren't sitting there judging me. I mean, you, heck, might be you guys yourself. are. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I am judging myself, one hundred percent. And you guys have been very, very good and very generous about being um, v- about verbally building me up, which I've been hugely appreciative of. And it, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy to kind of have sort of a self-deprecating mindset, like, ah, you know, you guys are just being nice or whatever. Um, but it's, it's true. Like if, if you are with a group of actual friends, like maybe if you're, you know, doing a paid GMing gig, like that might feel a little different, but. Um, you know, if you're sitting around with your buddies, you would hope
1: that, you know, that they're in your corner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you uh, know, and I've said it before, I'm a big fan of the sort of indirect preparation, you know, where you, you read over the stuff, you write some broad stroke notes, you, mm. you have like your couple of bullet points that you can quickly reference. You maybe like the most detailed thing I, I will typically have is maybe visual assets or, you know, knowing how the Mm. the encounter is, is balanced. If I would like to have a balanced encounter, you know, and, uh, and once that's all in place, I know that my players are going to screw around and waste at least a little bit of time, though. I try not to let them do that too much and then get the plot moving and, um, get them to, to do things, right? You want them to to play the game. They do want to push the buttons on their character sheet. They also right. want to, um, you know, express their character, but they need to do so in a way that is concise and meaningful uh, right. and not just um, having a mundane conversation. And that's something that I think actually appeals to a lot of people. And So I guess I can't say it's objectively wrong to do that, but I will say mm. that I don't prefer it um sure but you can when in doubt lean on that a little bit and yeah you know and combat of course takes time we we know you know we we talk about how how can we make combat not take as much time well sometimes that's the future right. right you get to let yeah. combat kind of eat some some minutes for you so yeah but the the really nice thing about this is that you as the gm can relax your brain you can smile a little bit have a little bit more fun and relaxation with your prep and just believe that it's all going to work out. Right. Like mm. <laughs> have a little faith. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, say. that's true. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, I think one of the other challenges that I've run into with regard to, uh, being more open to random encounters, at least with curse of Strahd is mm-hmm. that, Curse of Strahd from a from a reward standpoint in terms of like levels and loot and stuff yeah. is very finely it's a very finely tuned module yeah. where um you you can't really there's not a bunch of gear to hand out, especially early on. And the levels The levels come at very specific points. That's fine. So in terms of actual rewards, there's not a, I haven't felt like there was a ton that I could necessarily just hand out. And I didn't want you guys to feel like I was like throwing these encounters at you all over the place and then not giving you anything else. But maybe just getting to beat some stuff up
1: is, you know, some reward in itself. It is. It is. You know, we we make these. I'll try to remember that. We make that. these fifth ed character sheets with all these intricate rules and stuff. And we are looking forward to pushing our buttons. And, cool. and I think that there is reward in that by itself. And it doesn't have to be the epic, you know, super mega werewolf death god of heavy metal. You know, it can just be you know something writes that down (laughs) like a bandit who's kind of you know disturbing in his own way and maybe Mm. gets a jump on you or whatever and then you can you you can beat him and um i like to use tables uh to throw this together it's also fun for me to not know what's going to happen which i i know can also create anxiety because you you're afraid of of failing yeah But like, I don't know, man, when I just let go and I just let I roll some dice, I make some in the moment decisions. Sometimes that's when the good stuff comes, you know, you you've been getting way better about that sort of thing,
0: too. Like you've really been tuning yourself on that. Well, like Um, when we
1: when I do those random encounters for you guys in our in our homebrew campaign, you know, mm. like my table it has like less than a sentence like a like maybe a sentence you know for Mm. for each thing and it's usually like three or four words you know yeah you know strange uh merchant with a gambling gimmick you know Mm. something like that gotcha or you know lost child uh who's really a druid you know whatever Mm. Um, I, I don't know what those things are you guys are like what's his name I look up fantasy name generator it's this you know <laughs> there you go straight up man straight up and you know and then you guys if you guys hyper focus on that character then great this is a cast member now and that's Oops. and that's so fun for me as a DM because I feel like you guys are telling me at least in some part the story and there's there's surprise yeah. and discovery for me too um, which Hey, you know, surprise and discovery, that's not just for players. No, it's not. So
0: and uh you're you're totally right. And you know, before we jump into the topic, I at least do wanna make sure to ask how how are you doing? Oh. <laughs> I I know we kind of just dove into yeah. chatting about last night because it was okay freaking off but, the wall but there's
1: nothing wrong with just jumping into the topic you know i i didn't get much sleep last night i woke up early instead of trying to like make sure i got a couple more hours i just said you know it's grit and i just got out of bed at like 5 30 or whatever it was oh. and and i just i took a long walk you know because oh yeah it's arizona and it's the summer or about to be the summer. oh yeah and it's already getting crazy out so you know i while while it was still cool out, I took a long walk, went down. I was gonna say the temperature had to be perfect. It was pretty much perfect. And and right as I was coming home at the end, it was starting to get really uncomfortable. So I was like, okay, this is mm. this is the right timing. And and so there you go. I felt good. I'm a little tuckered out now, but it's it's all for the good. Too.
0: I've I've been I've been tired
1: today. Like my eyes are just we're old. Felt heavy. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, what is oh everything's just
1: tiring I, food doesn't digest right you know it's just uh one thing after another we're gonna just change this
0: podcast name to the geriatric <laughs> gamers podcast or something let's just gripe about our our rapidly decomposing body yeah, as, we, as we blow
1: into our game cartridges and shake them oh my gosh you know that usually did work too <laughs> Oh, it did! It totally did. My <laughs> thought, it, did. I, it did. We thought it did. We thought it. It made us feel it better. me! It uh, did.
0: It did make me feel better. <laughs> you know, everybody can't be
1: wrong. Well, back. Well, <laughs> but that was like also at the time where like our dads would like walk over the TV and punch it, and it would somehow work. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, man, they just don't make them how they used to.
1: You just pound on the TV and it would come, you know, picture and straighten up. You're like, hmm, yeah. How
0: did they build this thing where that's an actual solution? Well, you know,
1: you you saw the Flintstones, you know, and you knew that there was like a pterodactyl in there, you know, running, you know, some (laughs) wheels and and
0: stuff. (laughs) It's freaking ridiculous. (laughs) I love it. The the shower is like a, a pelican with a hole in its beak just or something like, like that. On you
1: basically.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I feel cleaner now. You know, we didn't, what does that say about we didn't What questions. you're normally doing?
1: Um, nope. <laughs> we just watched. What do we got tonight? H. Chef Boyardee. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, so for tonight, uh, we want to talk about books, right? And particularly the. Uh, official D and D releases that have expanded on fifth edition, but maybe we'll, we'll touch on a little bit of things that we've enjoyed in the past. Oh, sure. But, um, I wanted to specifically look at what we've been getting in the last few years, uh, beyond the, the, uh, core three books for fifth edition, obviously the player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide and the, uh, monster manual. So, um, the most recent thing we, Got was Van Richten's uh, Guide to Ravenloft. Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, right? Yeah. And right before that, we had uh, Candlekeep Mysteries, and before mm. that, I think it was Tasha's Cauldron. Yeah. So that sounds right. We've been getting a lot of interesting things, and uh, we've gotten a few adventures, and and this sort of thing, and uh, I kind of broke them up into three categories. Maybe cool. maybe maybe three and a half categories, uh, being like game expansion books, right? Like that, they're like extra DMG monster manual player right. book type stuff where it, they're, they feel like the expansion pack add on to a video game. Right. Um, and then there's the uh, adventures, like the published adventures, like Curse of Shroud or um, different Ryman modules, and Frost, and stuff, modules, mm. um, which has like a subcategory of like the mini adventure books that have like lots of little adventures in them, like candle keep mysteries.
0: Oh, uh, like a, like a compilation sort of thing. Yeah, I know I uh, yawning Portals it, that way tales from the yawning portal. That's uh, what I was I, thinking
1: of. I, I think salt marsh is that way. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, I, I have I thought
0: salt marsh was one
1: big I, adventure. I haven't read yeah, through all sure. of them in detail. Um, there's a few I know better than others. The only one that I've, well, I've attempted to run three of them. I've only said... Se- um, Well, no, as far as adventures go. Oh, Storm King. Yeah, so Storm Kings is the main one. I'm still going through that. I'm probably going to finish it. It's going to get to the... We're getting to the end fairly soon. And mm-hmm. uh, that'll be nice. Um,
0: You haven't been running it that long and you're almost at the end?
1: Well, you know, <laughs> I cut some you things. You guys are at a good... Oh, Okay. <laughs> I was like, "You guys are moving." Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a good group that they are pretty interested in, in getting the plot along, for the most mm-hmm. part, <laughs> give or take. You know, but they're no, they're really good players, so um, nice. that's that's been nice. And of course, you know, my style is to hey, let's let's go. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. I did an attempt with Horde of the Dragon Queen. Uh And then ended up just homebrewing it. And then I did an attempt. Oh, with, I did that back I, in the day. I attempted to read out of the abyss. And then I just created a totally different campaign along the same idea, mm. um, which you played in, um, which was sunlight. Um, oh yeah. So the third type did, of book. Did you ever get your hands on uh, Avernus? Um, I have held it. I've flipped through it. Um, I haven't, I haven't, uh, bought it. Uh, I wonder how that is. The, I, I feel like Spike might've used it. He did use parts of it for our campaign Yeah, where we were, where we were roaming on in on motorcycles and trucks through hell or the yes, I should say. Um, yep. so that was, that was cool. That's like right out of there, which I is what I would recommend to do but but first i wanted i wanted to say that the third category of book which is my personal favorite is the uh the settings so that would be mm. like uh mythic odysseys of theros and uh, and like eberron uh the th- what's weird about van richten's is it's like yeah it's like right in the middle of that like expansion yeah. book but also the setting book it totally is it's real it's it's a very unique book so to so to that end it even though i don't i'm not a huge fan of ravenloft um i still think that it is uh one of the better books out there uh that they, mm. that they've released i've been i was really impressed with it yeah me too um me too so I, out of those three categories you know do you have a favorite you know the the published adventure the the setting or the game expansion
0: you know i i think the the settings i find interesting yeah but i frankly like i'm i'm just starting to lean into running more than uh than or at least maybe as much as playing. Yeah. Um so mm-hmm. those setting books for me it de- it just depends on the setting. Yeah. There are certain settings that I just straight up am not interested in because of the theme or whatever right. like it just doesn't grab me. Yeah. Um the the expansion books like if you're talking like Xanathar's, Xanathars Toshas, Toshas, Volos. Yeah. Um, that stuff I feel like basically takes the place of uh like what they did with uh like fourth ed, where there was like the players' handbook two and the players' handbook
1: three. Yeah. Um and, and in, the com- uh, in the complete series in, yep. in third edition. And they had a few other things that were like Unearthed Arcana or whatever that they yeah, that they did as a book and Uh, those were those were always really fun to buy it was always like the really the new shiny bobble on on the wall it's the the bathroom reader the thing you take with you to you know visit your parents because you know there's going to be like an hour in there where you're not talking you know yep that that sort of thing um yeah that i i dig it for that that reason for that reason it's also like my second favorite and it's like really neck and neck. I'm, I'm very happy whenever anything comes out. Um, but the adventure modules, you know, I definitely have a a more complicated relationship with. Right. So
0: yeah, me, me too. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm not going to pick up an adventure module if I, well, I shouldn't say I'm not going to, some of them just look really rad and you know, you just want to, Check them out, but generally, like uh, like if I'm in the middle of running Strad, I'm not gonna go pick up something else. Hey everybody, right here in the show, I got an important phone call and had to go help with some important family stuff. So if there feels like uh, there's a bit of a hiccup in the show, um, it's because we had to take a pretty long break in recording. So just wanted to let you all know and back to the show.
1: Where the heck were we? Well, I did look up uh Salt Marsh. <laughs> I, oh. I, I double checked it. I do have it on my shelf because I had got it for my class. And nice. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is several adventures. Yeah, it's like seven uh standalone adventures. No, that's not like the
0: nautical themed.
1: Yeah, kind of. Like, I guess mm. most of them, you know, the encounters technically take place on land, but you get there mm. by ship at least. Or some of them have like pools submerged gotcha. in them. So at least
0: piratey themed or that kind of, you know, yeah, sailing you can, related.
1: And you can lean into it as much as you want. And so sure. to that end, like you can even just steal them and and put them in, and that would be. Kind of my takeaway advice when it comes to the modules mm. is literally steal, like, yeah, rename the characters or improve it, right? Like now that I've run Storm King's Thunder, I have a totally different idea for if I were to ever do it again, you know mm-hmm. which which maybe I would. I would have a completely different intro. I would have uh, a completely different take on it, right. You know, some stuff would be the same, but, you know, there are th- decisions that they make for like the sake of their overarching continuity that yeah. if you're doing like a standing, a standalone adventure. It just isn't really relevant. So, yeah, like, you know, it, it has you make like references to to other games like Horde of the Dragon Queen or Tomb of Annihilation. Oh. And okay. and they're like, for more information, buy this adventure. And you're just like, okay. Um no. yeah, I I I read
0: through Strahd cover to cover, and there's none of that. Cause yeah. it it it's much more kind of self-contained. Contained, yeah. But yeah, Wizards is definitely doing this thing where they tie, they try to tie all the at least like the forgotten realms sort yeah. of things together. And um, they have their
1: their their crossover universe. You know, and that's yeah. very, And I think that there's nothing particularly wrong with that. It is a good way to sell books. Oh, there's but, nothing
0: wrong with that.
1: Yeah. But for me, I would heavily adapt. Right. Uh sure. I, I remember I started running Horde of the Dragon Queen when fifth edition was new. Yeah. I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna run all the adventures. That's my goal. And I got nah. about through, I got through chapter one, started chapter two, and I thought this is not me. This is well, you know, and I'm not saying it's objectively bad. I know a lot of people do complain about it, but like, well, I, don't, I know designing these books is hard. I know designing these adventures is is challenging, but I do oh, think it, that it is. But I did just come to the realization that this is not what I enjoy about this game. You know, And that's
0: that's fair. I I do want to. Point out that I know horde um, of the Dragon Queen and uh, oh my god, what's the what's the other one? Yeah, Tyranny of it, Dragons or the it. the Tiamat one? Yeah,
1: the Rise of Tiamat.
0: Rise of Tiamat. That's what it was. Yeah, those were designed to come out with Fifth Ed's release, and they so that ready. there was some adventure content. Yeah. So like. The guys that were writing those adventures were writing them for a system while the system was like still in development. So yeah, there is that, that being a, a
1: problem, but to me that's not like the important problem. Mm-hmm. Um as much as just how do you motivate players, right? Like oh, no matter sure. no matter what you're doing, you know, I think that there's a there's a A better way let's just say and and you should adapt these games anyway so that they feel personal to your your player characters right oh
0: that that's always like you
1: know generally the goal for sure i mean i do like to drive plot but i really do kind of go 50 50 with character drive Mm -hmm. you know and where okay i want to move things along i want you to accomplish tasks but ultimately, I want my players to help decide what the quest is, you know? Mm. And, you know, mind you, I've got, like, my group of players that I've either trained or played with a lot. And, you know, they kind of know not to just outright, well, for the most part, they know not to outright <laughs> stall a, a session, though they have their moments. Sure. Um, you know, but, you know, I like to, you know, one of my favorite gimmicks up front is to do the quest board right and the the quest board for me is is so fun because i i'm basically just asking the players hey what what do you want to do and uh here are things that you have to give up and what do you think is important and they'll literally have a discussion about what they think is important and then they go and they do the thing and then i'll give them a couple of choices while they're there and you know, those can lead to, to things down the road and, and they kind of write the story in that way that I can take characters from backstory that start popping in. I mean, you should adapt modules so that they do some similar things probably, but the, they are written in such a way out of the box where certain things are supposed to happen in order for right. for, for plot point A to move to plot point B. So I would just yeah. say take inspiration, don't be afraid to adapt. But there are good ideas here, right?
0: Oh, yeah. there, there are lots of them. Um yeah. what's what's interesting about modules too, from a design perspective, is if you're if you're homebrewing something for your players, you can get your players involved. And you can find out who the PCs are going to be so that you can tailor things. But if you're a writer who has to write a module that needs to be able to be used with any group, by necessity, you can't really tailor it to a specific set of characters you can maybe tie in like broad organizations or factions and things like that. But that that's why a lot of times when you see these modules, they tend to focus on the villain or like have, have those kinds of characters feel central because you don't really have consistent main characters, air quotes, to point things toward in and uh, designing around that challenge is difficult. And, and there's not necessarily a right answer. And I think that the designers typically do expect um, the GMs to at least do a bit of tweaking to kind of oh, yeah, and they they tune even, it for your PCs, yeah.
1: Yeah, they even essentially tell you to do just that to the to their right. credit. But you know, there is this sort of fine line between, you know, what do you want the designers to have for you to make jamming easier while also not, mm-hmm. you know, overburdening you with with uh extra detail that maybe right. would be best left to that moment of improv or to your own creativity you know and that's that's essentially a guessing game because every every person who runs a game is going to want different things right it's but, all an opinion but what i can talk about for sure are the things that that i enjoy from the various books and that mm-hmm. um uh and that i'd like to see more of and maybe some things i'd like to see less of Hmm. So I thought we could we could get into it and kind of look at, you know, what are some of our favorite books and what what are our likes and dislikes? So. Sure. Um, so first of all, things I like and OK, I think one of the best books that's come out has been Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Mm. I have used it a lot. I think that it is like. The DMG too, but it also is also kind of the player's handbook too, because there is a lot of good stuff, a lot of subclasses. So there's even right. some feats, and uh, and by the way, feats are something that they've gone very light in in uh, in fifth edition, and I think for the better. I think that's mm. been a wise decision for the most part. Although I, there is part of me that longs to see a new one a little more often, right. Uh, but they have them there they have some uh in and they've got a few in Volos actually wait do they have feats in Xanathar's maybe they don't in Xanathar's I forget but anyway they have a lot of subclasses yeah and uh you know that's something that we all enjoy we all like to see that new subclass come out and uh, yeah and that's been good Xanathar's has a lot of good things, but I wanted to keep the the list for each of the books I was going to talk about like really tight. So, sure. Main big points in Xanathar's for me are downtime options, downtime revisited. You know, I like me some downtime. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's very useful. Uh, the subclasses are great, which I mentioned. Uh, using tool proficiencies was always something that I felt was underutilized in the in the DMG, and I was glad that they, they hit on mm. that. Uh, and then just some revisiting some basic rules and mechanics. So those are my main things. Uh, you know, what do you like Xanathar's? Do you, uh, have any Um,
0: pieces of it? I, you know, I, I approach the books in, in general and kind of a different way. I tend to just hyper focus on certain things I need Mm. and whatever book it's in, it's like, whatever um i'll a lot of times i'll go through d and d beyond or uh other online resources and i'll google around for certain things um
1: do you do you own Xanathar's? i don't i don't. i,
0: I okay. honestly I, I mean, don't, I don't have,
1: own every book either um yeah but i i don't
0: have many physical copies of things um i think i actually did buy the digital version of xanathar's um but i i tend to just it's look okay. around it's okay, for mm.
1: it's a, it's a it's all right you know um tasha's is very much the same way did you get tasha's no no uh i would recommend both of them uh if nothing else they're fun bathroom readers um so uh they're very similar in that they mm-hmm. offer a lot of options for uh, players to play with and, and mess around with, uh, but they also have fun and interesting tools for GMs. And I think that was something that, that I do generally look for. I know
0: um, Tasha's had, uh, had that, uh, what was it, the lineage or something like that where you basically can basically yeah, they, make your own custom race
1: yeah they have basically a custom race option it's not like it's not gonna break the game like right it, it helps you get like the flavor you want but it might not be the most ideal powerhouse if that's what you want you should just pick half work or like wood elf. you know uh
0: i i like just like starting with i like you starting know? with a feat.
1: Yeah, the feet that's that's my big thing and essentially this gives you more or less variant human to create if you want to but like mm-hmm. now it's like okay you want dark vision okay and then you're going to give up something else right um but it's pretty good and at the very least it allows you to take the existing races and tweak those so if right. there's like okay that's great my race has this weapon proficiency for this thing i have no interest in ever using right you know there's some swap there um and there's things where uh you know, the most notable thing they did was a let, let you move around the ability score bonuses. So th- mm-hmm. that's very nice because you know, you, you pretty much have to have that one stat that's real nice.
0: Yeah. And
1: if your race just doesn't have that, then that sucks. Right. So if you want to play Gul'dan from world of Warcraft, right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like objectively a bad idea. Because yeah. warlocks and sorcerers run off of charisma and yep. orcs get strength. So that right. kind of sucks, you know? Like, so that's something that they, they kind of fixed up. Plus, there were like some political reasons to do so. But, yep. Um, and overall I think it was for the good. I mean, it was something I was doing as a homebrew anyway. anyway and I, yep. I'm sure I was far from the only one that did.
0: I, I saw a ton of people who are like, yeah, I've been house ruling this forever,
1: forever. Yeah. I mean, especially um, if you're on your like, fifth, sixth campaign, it's like, okay, what else is there? <laughs> you know, what else? Yeah, is there? exactly. Um, so there's, that was big. Uh, one other notable thing about Tasha's, and again, this is not comprehensive, but you know, uh, I really like sidekicks sidekicks are a fun and interesting thing. Uh, it was nice to have some rules there, uh, quantified. Um basically nice. you can get a creature that's like a CR half or less and have it as like a little buddy. And it yep. and it gains it's the same level as you are, but it um basically takes one of the old NPC class ideas. Um you know, I
0: think I actually used those uh those rules to make uh Witherby for your party.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that and that's what I would recommend doing because. It basically lets you make a very simplified hero character, right? So it's like somewhere between PC and monster or NPC, you know, Mm -hmm. where it
0: can even like level up and stuff, which is cool.
1: Yeah, it can. Well, it's always the same level as the average level of your party. Right. Right. I believe that just makes it simple. Yep. Um, Because you don't want them to steal the show or have it be about them. But uh, we've all been in a game where someone was like, "I want it to be our pet." Now this guy's our mascot; he's our little buddy, right? Yeah. Then you, as a DM, go. <laughs> How do I? Do yeah. It? But at least I'm now gonna, there's, there's something to do with that.
0: I'm gonna cast awaken on that vulture that we uh, that we made our pet in Theros. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there
0: you go. He'll be our our
1: sidekick, and we'll we'll ignore the possible moral questions regarding that. But um we are friends. <laughs> what she want to do?
0: Um, I don't know what you want to do. Uh Jungle Book. Uh, an-
1: another book big uh book that I really enjoyed was uh Volo's Guide to Monsters. If uh mm. if you like you some interesting races,
0: I was gonna say playable, lots of crazy playable races.
1: Yeah, lots of good playable races. Um, Some of them, goblins in there, didn't they? Yeah, there's goblins. I think there's Mm -hmm. kobolds, There's lizard folk. uh, The like crazy op. How did this make it in the book? Bugbear, at least in my opinion.
0: Oh, bugbear is off the chain. Those guys bananas. I had a bugbear rogue in. uh, in a game that one of our buddies ran
1: and uh god he was
0: nuts
1: yeah there's really it really lends itself to rogue because of the extra sneak attack damage that you that you get um
0: they get like like misty step kind of or something like that like bugbears have this like innate uh what the heck was it
1: I, you might be thinking of Furbolg, because oh, they, maybe I, maybe I am. Well, either way, they're real strong. Uh, Yanti have like spell resistance right at the gate. Uh, so Satyrs, I want to say. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of like great options for that, and then like we mentioned before, Tasha's allows you to kind of customize. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got a lot to pick from. Um, it's not yeah. quite Star Wars, but maybe we don't need it to be. Um, And then it has new versions of existing monster types, which is something I enjoy. I like having different kinds of like orcs and gnolls and goblins, you know, things that you would typically see. And so that you have a more varied sort of bestiary. Absolutely. Uh, Like, I know, uh, I know Nord essentially did a book that was just that.
0: Oh yeah. We, we've got a couple, we've got, the uh ultimate bestiary Revenge of the Horde, which is obviously all orcs, oh, like orcs and gnolls, stuff, yeah. ogres, stuff like that, and oh, then goblins. uh, we did ultimate bestiary two, uh, yeah. the dreaded accursed, so it's all undead and
1: zombies, yeah. And, and I and I guess that's where the inspiration for Amarak's transformation came from because, yeah, what Spike was mentioning.
0: All um, kinds of different liches in there too, which are cool. And shout out to uh, Ralph uh, and Lou who wrote that one. Uh, dreaded, accursed. Uh, Ralph wrote a ton of uh, really great, like flavor text, as if there was a guy, um, like through over the course of the book, some some uh, like explorer or. Uh, someone documenting things and you kind of see his mental state deteriorating over the course of the yeah. book through it's his clever. journal entries. It's really well done and it looks really cool. Like it's kind of handwritten and stuff. So if you dig that kind of stuff, definitely check out dreaded a curse.
1: Okay. Um, another uh, thing I of course really like is big monsters. And that's something it that has, in common with uh, Mordekanons. They both kind of do this. Mm. Um, there's a lot more lore on popular monsters and Mordekanons. Although I have to say mm. Mordekanons for me is not the most satisfying pick. Um, But what bugged uh, you about it? Well, it was, it was kind of a one trick pony. Right. And mm. I think that was their They're kind of asking the question. Like, do you, would you like more specialized content? And Mm. at least for me, the answer is, I guess not, because this is not my jam. You know, Um, I use it. Um, I enjoy having some crazy powerful monsters that I can Mm -hmm. add into my late game content. Um, You know, I reskinned one of the demon lords for a boss I threw at you guys. Right. um, Which was really cool um, that I didn't have to do that from nothing because uh yeah building a monster from nothing is uh not super clear to me um yeah i've read the entry in the dmg i, I don't totally get it um so i prefer to just take pieces of existing monsters at certain crs and and change things so that's
0: a it's the easiest way to do it it's it's one of those way. like why reinvent the wheel kind of thing find something that cues closely to what you're going for and then just adjust yeah. things until it feels right for you.
1: That's right. Um, but the lore aspect of Mordekainen's like it gets more into the, like, uh, the abyss, the, the, uh, the blood war, the various like arch demons, the, mm. like the, the various gods and stuff that you might deal with. Like, you know, you learn a lot more about those kinds of creatures. So to that end, I thought that's cool. really cool. Um, Cosmology
0: uh, stuff is always interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I would say the, the worst out of this category would probably be the, the uh, Sword Coast Adventurers Guide.
0: Mm. Um, it's That just, was one of the earliest.
1: That was one of the earlier ones. ones yeah. And so you can kind of see them like getting to understand like what the people want right, and how right. and how they respond to certain notes, so you can definitely I, at least for me I see a real trend towards the positive um, oh
0: absolutely. I've been hearing more and more people um p- giving positive feedback on the books, like like everywhere I looked about uh van richten's just yeah a lot of people it was just universally positive, yeah.
1: And that you know, and that brings me to Van Richten's, because mm. you know, I, I have to put it in this weird spot between setting and expansion book. I, I think I ultimately mm. treat it as expansion book because of the yeah. naming convention. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it does a good job of hitting a lot of things, and uh, I mean, I could we could almost talk about it for the entire episode, but some oh, of the sure. main things that that popped out to me do you you have this one do you have i i
0: do i i actually even uh i I was so excited for this one because it's especially relevant to what i'm Mm -hmm. doing um uh i even went out and got the collector's edition
1: cover and yeah like those
0: Pretty. mm
1: that that's gonna get into something I wanted to talk about a little bit later, where I'm like I would highly recommend getting pretty much all the collector covers because some of the basis cover art is not the best. Yeah. Um, but the the special editions have been consistently pretty to look at. I have I have Van Richten's, because that was gifted to me. Um yeah. as well as uh Candle Keep Mysteries. Mm. So uh those are both. That's a
0: that's another colors. one that's the candle keep's like like red and it's like kind of got a brocade sort of look to it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it, it feels more like a tome you might find in Candle Keep. It's got all this like filigree mm. all over it, yeah. you know. All these uh these little accoutrements, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I like that i like I like a little pomp and circumstance, you know, so Absolutely. it's uh it's good, but other than that, okay, so Ravenloft, one thing that was very useful to me, and again, these are not comprehensive reviews, but oh, sure. for me, like Ravenloft has horror types with like brief descriptions and examples of of what they are and and yeah. I am such a newbie when it comes to the horror genre. It is, I don't mm-hmm. watch scary movies. Uh, I never watched any slasher fit flicks. Uh, mm-hmm. I've only seen an, a couple of actual horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So for me, I realized I had been using some horror concepts in my game, but, um, definitely wasn't focusing on it. And, uh, this was very helpful if you wanted to like know more yeah
0: it's it's really it's really really cool um and i one of the things I thought was especially interesting uh about the about the horror sub genre breakdowns that they did also mm-hmm. were um were addressing the fact that I mean to to take a little bit of a step back, horror types, and and this is coming from somebody who myself I am also not a big horror fan, um, yeah. so. Uh, but the way horror works is that it basically plays on things that are innately or inherently unsettling to people or things that we are generally worried about or that maybe we don't fully understand that sort of thing um but if you look back at different uh popular horror things um different movies books what have you uh certain things are common tropes within those genres, and some of them can tend to be perhaps a little insensitive or um or even just straight up bigoted. Um they're like uh HP Lovecraft uh who if anyone doesn't know did the Cthulhu mythos and everything um he had some major bigotry issues um, there are other things like, uh, well, anyway, in these different breakdowns in Van Richten's, they point out these different trouble spots explicitly and help you to help you make sure that you can avoid those things you so that really
1: navigate the political landscape a little
0: bit yeah and and also make sure that you're being respectful to your players and you know yeah they
1: definitely had some chat in there about hey you're kind of here to freak out your players but make sure that you know you're not like hitting triggers and yep you're not giving them experiences that they just really don't want to have like because yeah to some extent there can be fun and be scared or feeling tense or having suspense or right you know being a little freaked out or whatever but there are certain things where you don't really want to explore that much you know oh
0: yeah I mean there there are there are tons of people just throughout life who have experienced various different kinds of trauma in real life and having those kinds of things come up like like different kinds of abuse or things like that. Um, so those people might very well go, I would really rather we just stay away from that kind of from topic. That, yeah. and, and that's, fun. you know, like oh. I'm, I'm looking at the body horror entry right here and uh, it's, it's little bullet point says the genre has a history of portraying disability as monstrous be aware of those tropes and avoid them. So that's a good um, point. Yeah. You know, Does disfigurements that, you know, and things. Also, yeah. A, also
1: mental illness has been a, yep. a, a huge, uh, sub-topic that's
0: a huge that. one. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, we don't want to do like a full, full review, but yeah, that's something that's very useful. That's in the book. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. glad that they're, they're aware enough to address those things. Uh, another fun thing to do are sub race add-ons where you can, yeah. kind of transform, your race like there's like the hag or hexborn i think it's called where you basically have the hag blood i think it's hex
0: blood yeah i I think think,
1: it's called um, i think it's called hex blood um there's a uh there's the dampier for the the edgy teenager Um, hey
0: for for anyone who wants to it's basically a straight up vampire overlay
1: yeah it is so you get you get bit you transform now you you can you can add this and sometimes it replaces uh racial bonuses that you have and some of it is swappable or or whatever yeah so that that's oh. kind of neat and yes
0: it is hex blood
1: yeah and then what's the third one isn't it kind of like a frankenstein-y kind of thing
0: dampier and let's see i'm looking at it right now dampier and reborn,
1: yeah, the reborn, yeah, uh it does i i i am confused why there's not like a lichen kind of thing in here, I think that would be right, nice. you know, i um, I have a character that I wouldn't mind becoming a wet rat at some point, <laughs> um, you know, so anyway, uh, and then, if you are I, looking for lichen
0: stuff, go uh check out dreaded accursed, we've got some stuff in there. <laughs> There so, you go. Uh,
1: there you go. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Okay. So, the other thing that I really like from the DM perspective is how it um, gu- gives you guides into creating adventures and uh, in like your own sort of sections of the, what do they call it? These like the uh, pocket dimensions. What are their, they? They're like? uh, uh, domains of the dread. Yeah. The domains of dread. And then also right. you Dark Lords if you'd like to. so cool that's really cool I like that kind of guide Yeah. so that's Ravenloft
0: it's I think what was also really interesting about this book um, and I know we're trying to move on yeah I know (laughs) the uh, we in in the vast majority of these books Uh you'll get monsters that have these big stat blocks and things like that in this one I I would say, like I don't know about half, maybe a third of the book is a single section on the Domains of Dread. There's got to be like 30 or freaking 40 of these things. And all of them have their own Dark Lords. And what's interesting about those Dark Lords is that none of them have stat blocks. They are all completely open to how you want to design these characters. And I thought that that was a really, really, really interesting choice. So instead of putting in stat blocks, they just crammed in a metric ton of just Place after place after place with these crazy and unique ideas for uh, some small, some a little bit bigger settings, and you can pop these things anywhere. Um, it was a it was a very interesting design choice.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So we've we've talked a little bit about modules, and I know we didn't really give modules their their due, but. It is what it is. And then we, we did the, um, expansion books. So now I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the setting books. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the setting books would be again, like Ravenloft kind of has some overlap here. Yeah. Um, it does. But then there's Eberron, um, yep. Ravnica and mythic odysseys of Theros, which is my personal favorite. Hmm. Um, is there one I'm forgetting when I'm I'm,
0: there's, there's wild Mount, the critical role book, right? right?
1: That's right. Explorers Don't
0: want to forget all the critters.
1: Yeah. So that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I know a lot of people pull from that or, or request to, to use uh, classes from it. Mm -hmm. So, um,
0: do you, do you consider, do you consider that? Or I suppose if you haven't looked too much at it, like, would you consider it canon or like, you know, um,
1: like, yeah, I, I don't, I think it's a separate world, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Critical World. I know that that's like blasphemous to say. Right. Um, I, I, I didn't get into it. I I have difficulty watching uh, uh, life plays. I,
0: but- I would get into it, but I just heard about it late and they had already like like two thousand freaking episodes or something like that. I was- you
1: know, when they throw it up on Netflix, maybe I'll check it out. Right? You know. There you like go. Like eventually, like the Guild was eventually thrown thrown up on the Netflix, and there you so go. We'll, we'll see. But um, okay, so I really like these books a lot um, because I want to homebrew, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily want to start with nothing.
0: And yeah. So
1: the the dmg offers some great rollable tables that we've used before on the show to to help us with that xanathar says some things that are very helpful uh these things have a lot more with like giving you ideas for for settings and locations and characters and factions and political organizations um mm. but they're they're broad enough that there's a lot of room to sort of build and play off of so right it
0: gives you a nice foundation
1: yeah yeah so my favorite one is mythic odyssey's of theros theros gives you some really cool things first of all the books just absolutely gorgeous
0: oh Um, yeah the alternate cover for it is like totally thor ragnarok and i I love it gotten that one i might it's so cool
1: i can find yeah Cause I, cause I actually really like what's inside the book a lot. It's very, you know, I was, I was telling you yesterday that Ravenloft was like not necessarily my jam. Yeah. Um, Theros is 100% my jam. Like, it there is you go. Colorful. It is expressive. It is.
0: Well, it's just the, epic. Off
1: the chain. It's epic. Yeah. It's heroic. It's idealistic. It has philosophy like it literally it's they wrote it for you they like wrote it for me you know what i mean so i really enjoy that a lot um has a couple of fun little features uh such as supernatural gifts that you get to start out with Mm. with any character you want because your character is special your character is the opposite of a strad character (laughs) your Mm. character is amazing out the gate (laughs) Uh. So it's uh so that's pretty neat cuz you have like you're you have like a heroic destiny or you were built by the smith by the smith god or you're an sp- oracle the smith smilf- god, god. I'm yeah. sorry that caught me off guard <laughs> okay um one thing that i think that you would really enjoy getting into is the piety system because mm-hmm. Theros is very focused on the gods that exist there because it's a very greek themed uh game, and so the gods have need to need to play a big role so uh they also provide their own settings races uh which I really like I like to have limited race options when I go into the game so that it feels a little bit more contained
0: so and, do they do they uh do they like I, recommend I, limiting the PHB races, or they have
1: like a little blurb that says like how to get them in, basically? Because they're they're never going to like just tell you no. Sure. Like to the to the GM. For me, when I ran it, I said the list of races is in this book, hmm. and I said how you do, can be human or you can be one of these, which are how like did they tar centaur, Leonin, Sator, and Triton.
0: How do they try to uh, make Tiefling work?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't remember offhand. Okay. But there are demons uh, in Theros. There's no differentiation really between devils and demons in that setting. It's just, yeah, gotcha. Uh, but it's, you know, you could, you can say, oh well, you just look more like one of these guys, one of the like overlords or whatever and so you could so if the particularly dark look and we could just say well you're i don't know parent parentage is weird and you have a weird destiny and you're a demon guy so we're just gonna borrow the stats from tiefling right that that wouldn't be hard
0: there you go so if you've ever been somebody who's been confused by the difference between devils and demons play theros and you don't have to worry about that you don't have to worry
1: about it yeah exactly you're Um, welcome (laughs) <laughs> and you know, and of course, you could just pull the demons right off of um of uh the the monster manual in order to to fill out the roster a little bit if you'd like to, or just oh sure, you know have a little more variety um obviously, there's a lot of focus on the gods, and there's like a lot of fun tables that allow you to um you know kind of craft adventures or feel as a player character related to that god
0: do that they one. do they uh like how do they approach giving you information on the Pantheon itself?
1: What do you mean? Like, I don't know. Like don't
0: know as, as far as the gods themselves go, what sort of information do they actually give you
1: about oh boy? Them? Well, they, they, what's interesting is they allow you to look at them from different angles, hmm. like where you can see them as like the patron, of your group or like the personal God of your, of your hero. Mm. But there's also a like sections where you can see every single God as the villain of the campaign. And they give you motivations mm. as to how to do that because they're always basically competing and playing games with each other. Right. And some of them get along better than others, but they could turn on a dime. You know, so the the mm. Theros game I ran was centered largely around Thassa as like the patron of the heroes, mm. um, and it ended up being more of an internal conflict. But there was some stuff about the god of the dead, Erebos, um, who was definitely angered at the end of the campaign. So that was cool. And then for for the little one shot I did with you guys, I I had you all pick one and. Um, I forgot what, who you picked. Right?
0: I thought it was like uh, the equivalent of Hephaestus.
1: Oh, it was Perforos. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the one.
1: What's really cool about the piety system too is that you can just totally lift it and put it in a different setting. That's uh, cool. Which I've done for one of my Storm King's characters because he wanted to play a particularly uh, pious character. Um, mm. And so whenever he would make a sacrifice to his deity, I just reskinned Perforos to be his god. There you go. And so whenever you would hit those milestones in the piety system, I would give him the buffs. That's awesome. Well, I
0: I feel like that's one of the the cool things about these books that go into um that either are straight up settings or like you say with Van Richten's where it's, you know, Kind of on the line um van richten's has the uh the fear and stress mechanics and stuff like that, so they're like these little self contained uh subsystems that that you really can just lift whole cloth and drop yeah. into whatever it is you're doing that's that is extremely handy.
1: well, I could totally see someone. Reading Van Richten's and then going, you know, my party is kind of falling apart, the story's not going anywhere, my plots off the rails. Mm. Um, all of a sudden there's weird mists around you. <laughs> there <laughs> you, you know? go. Okay, and now we're playing something else, right? Boom. Like that could be a nice little reset button if you wanted to. So totally. uh yeah. One th- the piety system's cool one place where Theros falls a little bit short is the map that they provide. It's very lackluster. It's very Brown. Uh. It's like antithetical to the rest of the map, like, or the rest of the game, the rest of the book. I don't understand how that one got through the process. One book that does literally the opposite of that is Eberron. Um, Mm. Eberron has a gorgeous map and they release, uh, they, they give you a little, uh, perforated map in the back that's all folded up and you can take it out of the book and put it up on your wall. I love that thing. I love that kind of stuff. Um, Okay. is double-sided.
0: I have a question about those tear-out maps and I don't know if you know or maybe a listener does. If If whoever's listening to this, if you know the answer to this question, please tell me. Is there a Good way to get the folds out of the maps so they're nice and smooth, so you oh, actually can mount it on a wall. Maybe
1: frame it if it's a particularly nice print. And maybe, like, maybe the play is to do the opposite to like crumple it up more and then flatten it out, <laughs> so it looks like older or something. I don't know.
0: You know, um, like, I have not you-
1: tried to iron it.
0: You laugh like that's a ridiculous idea, but I just <laughs> sat here and went huh, <laughs> thought about it <laughs> you you might have something there <laughs> no i
1: i I like it, and I wish they would do that more in these books. Mm. uh they don't even do it in the Sword Coast book, at least not the one I have, and it's yeah. like what you literally named it after a region um, yeah, so Eberron does it there's a couple that do I can't remember what the other one was offhand. Um, but anyway, it was uh it was it was a nice little little gimmick. Uh I like the way the book is organized. Um mm. they do have uh you know the a couple of races. They have the changeling and the uh warforged. The warforged very popular. Um there you go. And uh they also of course have the artificer class, which is <laughs> very popular.
0: I I've never heard of that. <laughs> I think every group we have
1: has an artificer it, of a very stripe in it. Everywhere yeah. they are everywhere. <laughs> like if you if you just think if you just look at the wizard and you go not enough going on. Try, uh, the, yeah. try the artificer.
0: You basically get to play a wizard, but you have to make gadgets, cast your spells instead.
1: What's so funny to me is how many like. L- how much stuff is going on and all the artificers I play with basically cast firebolt over and over.
0: <laughs> it's
1: it's um, it's a
0: solid strategy. Uh
1: with the exception of one who casts grease all the time. Hey. But that works also, out real well because it literally counters all of Storm King's Thunder. <laughs> um so the bigger they are. Yeah, it really they just like can't get up. Like if they are oh just, god, they are just toast from this spell. Just giant turtles um eberron also has some really fun reflavorings of uh races you're already familiar with like goblins and halflings and
0: uh that's very true
1: uh oh yeah that also uses the full blood orc as a playable race which is kind of kind of cool neat and and i enjoy that um although i still think half works better but anyway uh, Eberron's cool. I know that uh, one of our friends is like absolute favorite setting, Yep. and and he gets real excited about that. I have not looked at Ravnica at all,
0: I haven't uh, either. I, I haven't, I know people I haven't yet, like but I've, well, it's it's right down the lane for anyone who's a big Magic the Gathering fan. I mean, that's and and for what it's worth, I think Theros is also. Um, like at least tangentially related to magic, but I know Ravnica is like full blown like that is up, a yeah Magic the Gathering setting.
1: Yeah, and they they're going more into it because it's going well. I mean, even Theros is technically a um, a Magic the Gathering setting. Yep. Um. So it was a it was an expansion pack for that game first, and right which is fine. Uh, I like it. And if you want to just take all those gods and just give them the greek equivalents that i'm pretty sure it would work for the most part one or two exceptions right um so uh looking at them as a whole i made kind of a, a a list of things that i'd like to see and things i don't like but what are some of the general and we are running a little low on time so just real quick what are some of the things that you generally like overall and that you'd like to see more of, maybe some things you'd like to see less of?
0: I like things that, well, especially with me trying to GM more, I like things that help me with planning and prep. I like to see things. Um, a big thing for me is like layout and ease of use. Um, so just straight up having the content presented in such a way where I can access it easily and, and understand how things are connected. Um, That's very helpful. I, I do enjoy um, nice illustrations and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, That's
1: important. And generally the art in these books has been pretty good. Every now and then you get one thing where you're like, I I don't love that, but, for the most <laughs> right. part, it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, Wizards has the... They've got the bankroll to be able to to do that kind of stuff. They hire phenomenal artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like more classes. I was actually uh, chatting on our Discord a little bit today, uh, and I mentioned it would be neat to see uh, either not feats but subclasses or like uh like you've mentioned the old uh
1: prestige classes
0: prestige classes i was thinking paragon paths that's yeah which
1: they're kind of doing with the the ua that came out yeah teasing their next magic the gathering themed right um expansion book where it's like between warlock bard and wizard
0: Right there. There was one where Druid got in there too. Um, oh, there you go. But yeah, those were pretty I, cool. I would like to see something like that, that doesn't have class restrictions, something yeah. where it's wide open because that's the kind of thing that will start allowing folks to like, I've one of the complaints that I've heard is that after a while, like you start to run into these things that are like optimal builds, and like there's, you know, feeling like there's a right and a wrong way to make certain characters, or, you know, after a while, things might feel kind of samey. Um, but if you start putting in these, different subclasses that add a lot of flavor and a lot of interest in that direction, but you don't restrict it. It opens the door to really having some super wacky kind of builds or going in really odd creative directions um, and letting people get more creative.
1: Yeah. and I, I generally liked how they've handled that in fifth ed. You know, Mm. you you hear about like your hexadons and stuff like that. Right. I roll roll my eyes at that stuff, honestly. Yeah. You know, if someone wanted to do that at the table, I'd be like, oh, please no. Yeah. Right. You know, why do you want that build? Because it's hella powerful. It's like, okay. You know, I like stupid stuff like Wild Barbarian, which is probably like still pretty good but mm-hmm. it has that unpredictability of wild magic. It looks ridiculous. Right. Some of the effects are are kind of silly, you know, it's fun, right? Yeah. Let's, and let's focus on those things. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a personal preference, I guess, but right. I
0: mean, well, you know, also part, uh, I would
1: say fifth edition has done a, a pretty good job of staying away from the crunchy nightmare that we've had in the past with other versions and systems.
0: Yeah. I I will say when I was talking on Discord about um the idea that I just mentioned Spike had mentioned to me that I was basically uh what I was describing was essentially Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I haven't personally messed with Pathfinder 2e um but if if what I mentioned sounds interesting to anyone out there and you haven't looked at pathfinder second edition maybe give it a look it might be it might might be be your jam
1: yeah you know know, i think i think it's interesting i I almost wonder would it totally break the game probably to just Mm -hmm. say okay well it might not be optimal but take any subclass you want right like Mm -hmm. that might be a fun experiment like Okay, you're just not probably going to take something that doesn't reference your abilities.
0: I'll just Um, go uh, go fighter and take assassin or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just I subclass assassin. I mean, it would be bad, but why not? (laughs) Like, let you do it, right? You know, sure. You're like, no, I want to have a battle axe and I want to, you know, automatically uh, crit when I get the surprise round. Yeah, it would be powerful, but would it be more powerful than the rogue doing it? I don't know. I don't think it would be. So, why not? You know, and then that's like the one good feature Assassin has, so whatever, go crazy. right? Um, After that, it's a wash, but it doesn't matter because rogue's good on its own.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: You know, like, well, why not? You know, just might be a fun experiment. You guys can comment on our Facebook or or whatever about the builds that would prove me wrong, you know, go nuts. <laughs> I'm uh, sure would, there's a billion. It would. I think it would be great to roll a, a paladin and for your oath to be th- literally the champion subclass. <laughs> that Ooh, that's something I would be down for, um, without having to multi-class into fighter. So, mm, mm, mm. but that's just that's just me. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Might be a fun experiment. Maybe we'll see more of that yeah So that's something we would like to see uh one thing that that i do like that i've been seeing in these books is how sparing they can be about certain things so mm-hmm. in some of these we get a lot of subclasses sometimes we don't sometimes you only get one for a couple of classes i like that they're not going crazy that they didn't like release a book of a hundred subclasses, right? Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Because
1: I did feel like fourth edition, fourth edition did all this a little bit. Um third ed fourth and for, third ed went absolutely off the Bonkers. wall with bananas yeah. with how many um prestige classes it had. Um that it was that was crazy. Um, the amount of feats that third and fourth ed and pathfinder have. I mean, it's just—it's too much, right? And they don't do anything that's that interesting in most cases. They Mm. would—they would would do things like you know, plus one when you whatever. That's not that very. That's not that great. Five, you know, five
0: E's approach to feats and having them basically be like thematic packages is a really—it's a really really nice way to do things.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to be able to look at a feat like chef and go, you know, I could take that. Like yep. I have, I have time to take that. You know, Um, because yep. that would be a good time. You know, is it gonna break the game? No, but like you don't want players at your table to look at you and going, you're putting our party at, you know, in danger, in jeopardy, because, yeah, in jeopardy because you want to, you know, do your little fanfic. You know, like you want to be yeah. able to have your cake and eat it too as much as possible and stuff like weapon focus and going down the line of weapon focus. Yeah. And, and greater and improved whatever, whatever, you know, I, for me it takes that fun away.
0: Yeah, it starts to, to be very it. obligatory. I mean that Yeah,
1: obligatory is the word. Like even in fifth, we still have the issue where you could take the ASI in a lot of cases you really should. Yeah, that kind of sucks because I would rather not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I I mean, you, you know, I don't know if the listeners do, but I, I love feats. I hate taking the ASI. It always feels boring. It's just a freaking number. But at the same time, like you almost feel guilty if you don't take the ASI if your primary stat isn't maxed because you feel like you're just doing it wrong and it's like but feats are so fun and i do
1: appreciate that they haven't felt obligated to just add superfluous feats yes um and subclasses in every book Uh, i think there's one or two subclasses out there in the expansions that uh, aren't i mean aren't that great but there's some that are serious improvements. And like in Tasha's, they took the old you know, like the Beastmaster for the Ranger mm. and they reworked it so that now it would be fun and powerful and interesting. And uh you know, that's that's, that's great. Do stuff that, like
0: that. That's another thing that I think they've been doing too, with uh with especially with the more recent releases, is you're we're seeing examples of Wizards basically listening to community feedback and and fixing issues from earlier in the game. So, like if all you've got is a player's handbook and you've been using that ranger, you might have some issues with it. And then you go pick up Tasha's and go, oh my God, like this is what I wished that was before. Mm-hmm. Um so seeing seeing the company actually show proof that they are at least trying to, you know, take feedback oh, yeah, as much yeah. as they can and you know adjust things is pretty neat.
1: So yeah, I like that. Um, I think they are kind of mastering what's going on. So mm. I'm, I'm I'm encouraged. I I look forward to releases at these at these points and I look forward to what sixth edition might offer. Yeah. Uh but I don't anyway, think sixth
0: that is going to see the light of day for a long
1: time. Well, fifth that is still making tons of money, so why yep. not, right? You know. Yep. But eventually the time will come. So mark uh,
0: my words.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mark my wo- words. Company likes money. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um so I like that a lot of these books are written for both players and GMs alike. Some of the past yeah. editions were very focused on one or the other. Yeah. I like how there's stuff to do for everybody. So yeah. that's good. And they're, and they're useful, right? They're not just, okay, we added 10 more magic items, you yeah. know, or hundred more magic. Items. Like most of these have like maybe five, six more items, you know, and right. they're like these little, little bits, they're little increments, and I think that's a really good strategy.
0: Well, and I I think I remember when Fifth Ed first came out. I had read something about uh WOTC's business strategy uh and kind of their approach that they were going into fifth ed with. Um and it and it was that they expressly did not want it to feel like third ed where it's just this deluge of materials that are just constantly coming out and just like there's a book for every little thing ever yeah they where it
1: feels precise and deliberate
0: right which i think
1: is the key
0: well and they wanted every single book released to feel like an event which is very yeah. a very cool kind of way to do it it's a big deal whenever one of these big hard covers comes out uh um, which is neat
1: and they're, they're you know and some of those books from third ed were real thin because they were just chugging them out and yeah it was uh you know it didn't feel like you're getting bang for your buck every time um, right these are about the same ish size as each other they're close they're close. And so they look good on the shelf. Um they feel even reliable. Been, even though I've uh, said many great things about Xanathars, it is noticeably one of the thinner books. <laughs> oh yeah. But anyway, um so some things I don't like, and and most of this comes from the the modules themselves. Mm. Um, you know uh confusing and nonsense plots that's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um this hyper focused on the North and the sword coast. Oh, like, geez. you know, come on. There are so many other places.
0: The, the actually forgotten realms,
1: the actually forgotten realms. Yeah. You know, like,
0: cause, um, uh, sword coast is pretty dang remembered. <laughs> if you ask me, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's and it's a great place. The North is great. Like, you know, Icewind is great. Sure. You know, but, there's a lot of stuff out there that we're just not looking at and in the meantime yep. we're, we're exploring magic the gathering setting which is yeah great, but you know it's kind of it's kind of weird what we don't yeah
0: have. yeah um, I I've always been interested at least passingly in Fae. I've always yeah. kind of wanted to see a deeper look into that because
1: those guys sound freaking nuts some of the other things I have on this list of are things we've already mentioned so I won't go over them again but one other little quirk and this doesn't happen a lot, but every now and then the pages are formatted in such a way as important information is kind of hidden mm. or like, like the title of something. Uh, for instance, like in the player's handbook, the folk hero, like the title for the folk hero background is like in a weird spot mm. like on the bottom of like the right page. And so, and and then like you flip the page and it's like the start of the entry. And so like, just visually, it's a little weird.
0: Yeah. It can be jarring.
1: I don't know whose fault that is or whatever, but it's something to watch out for.
0: That's layout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just a weird layout issue. And that's something that I think they've largely not repeated a lot, but I've, I notice it every now and then. There's, it's there's weird formatting and layout issues
0: yeah it's that's something that can uh kind of get potentially missed or overlooked um but it, it it could also be because you know if they didn't do that it it could potentially have a uh like a cascading chain effect of like bumping other content even further and causing even more jarring issues so it might have been something like that too but who knows
1: who knows so anyway stuff uh, that i hope to see in the future this is just the wish list stuff um this is the last thing i'll mention um mm. you know something uh from other cultures would be mm. nice you know uh a lot of this is very Norse for the most part there's mm. some like western europe fantasy wouldn't mind seeing you know something more asian wouldn't mind seeing some indian stuff maybe mm. something more american west you know that i kind of oh think. yeah um something african perhaps you know like um you know what are what else is out there
0: mesoamerican uh, like Aztec mesoamerican or- that's
1: not just yanti right like yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Some stuff. Um, another thing I'd like to see are, uh, you know, I I know what I just said, but something a little bit more like hard medieval. Yeah, uh, that's go less like Game like, of Thrones or like Game of Thronesy or like Kingdom Come Deliverance, very light on magic, but not necessarily dark sun.
0: You could go you know? like like full Arthurian legend. Could be cool. yeah,
1: like very kind of well because D and D is more Renaissance, I would say, and this is um mm. and, and there's some overlap, but you know something that is like that, you know stone walls and torches, medieval kind of right, you know difficult life might be cool. Um, here's and, uh here's a and, weird and one. Cave punk is something I'd like to see more of.
0: Ooh, steampunk.
1: Well, no,
0: is it isn't punk. that? Oh, cave punk. Ooh,
1: yeah, like that's, like Monster Hunter, and oh, there's actually like a Kickstarter for like a third party product that's essentially doing that. So uh, it's like Helliana's,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: hunting or something. I did see um, that. Yeah. What that
0: about what about um, like a five E version of like D twenty Modern?
1: Yeah, remember you know that. Be, yeah, I do remember D20 Modern. I I did run it the one time. Yep. Um you know, I I'm not longing for it, but why not? You know, I think uh I think there's a lot of people out there that would be interested in, in doing it. Um, I think
0: I think depending on how they approached it would yeah. determine whether or not I got like super on board. But I feel like it's the kind of thing where like if they If they came at it the right way, it could be really cool.
1: You know, something post-apocalyptic or Fallout kind of feel might Mm. be interesting. Where there's, you know, remnants of the of the world you and I know, but now that like their magic items are like old tech that that works. But you know, to that end, now we might be getting into territory where other games might be better suited. That's true. That's you know but uh yeah i'm i'm down for it nice uh one other thing that i would like to see um is just like more people writing and contributing to these products Mm. Um, i like for them to have a lot of oversight from the from the uh veterans but you know just getting more brains in the kitchen i think would be a really useful thing yeah, uh, to see, but also maybe this is my low key way of saying it'd be great to have entry level jobs to write. But sure. um, at the same time, like I don't know, you can get stale if only two people are ever doing, you know, your books. So, yeah. That's well, my, that's my two cents.
0: Yeah, they. I I know a few um, contributors. Uh, uh, Eliza Teague. Um Rob Wheeland, who we actually need to get back on the show. He was actually our first guest, but we totally Lost goofed the on the recording it. That was a bummer. Um, but Rob's a great guy, and I'd love to have him back. Um so they but yeah, there's there's all kinds of folks out there, and there there are ways to get into the business, but um, I mean that's that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs>
1: So this ended up being like a a, a pretty monster episode, um, you know. But yeah. uh, <laughs> we better we we better wrap it up now without too much more pomp and circumstance. Uh, but uh, there's a little, those are our thoughts on what's come out and what we hope to see. Right on. Well, thanks for that topic.
0: That was that was a a really good one, and you you've got a ton of really good insight, um, oh, and you. you've got a. A ton of the books. I, you really make me, uh, wish I had more on my shelf.
1: Um, but you need to uh, be more shellfish. I (laughs) good at everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That, That was actually really good. All right. So we just want to say thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. We especially want to say thank you to Spike, Logan, Kate, and Fallon for supporting us over on Patreon. You guys are the best. And even if we were to be shellfish, we'd bring you along with us. Um, and if you would like to support us or uh, find out more about us, you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. com. That's our website. If you're on desktop, you'll see three little bubbles in the upper right hand corner, and if you're on mobile, it will just be right at the top center of the page. Those little bubbles will take you to our Facebook, Twitter, and our Patreon. Uh, If you want to go directly to our Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash Inspiration Point, and you can patronize us. All you want, and we will be very grateful. And one of the yeah. cool things that you should get over there is uh, access to our private Discord community where you can chat with us and our fine patrons uh, and get some really great advice because there's some smart folks in there. Um, and that's about it. So, thank you again for hanging out with us. Take another look. Into any of the books that, uh, well, take a look. It's in a book, Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye.